0: The reading this evening is taken from Luke chapter 6 and it's verses 27 to 36. So that is Luke 6 starting at verse 27. But to you who are listening I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful.
1: It was in a church in Munich that I saw him. A balding, heavy-set man in a grey overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. People were filing out of the basement room where I'd just spoken. It was 1947, and I'd come from Holland to defeat Germany, the message that God forgives. And that's when I saw him. Working his way forward against him, at one moment I saw the overcoat at the brown hat, the next a uniform, a visored cap. It came back with a rush, a a huge room, harsh lights, a pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the centre of the floor. The shame of walking naked past him. I could see my sister's frail form in front of me. Betsy and I had been arrested for concealing Jews in our home during the Nazi occupation. And this man had been a guard at Ravensburg concentration camp where we'd been sent. You mentioned Ravensburg in your talk. I was a guard there, but he did not remember me. But since that time, I've become a Christian. I know God has forgiven me, but I want to hear it from your lips as well. His hand came out. Will you forgive me? I stood there. I, whose sins, had every day to be forgiven, and I could not Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for asking? It it could not have been many more than a few seconds hand held out, but it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I ever had to do. For I, I knew I had to do it. And I stood there with coldness clutching my heart, But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will. Uh, The will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Uh, Jesus, help me, I pray silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so, woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. Uh, The current started down in my shoulder, raced down my arm, and into my hands. And with healing warmth... Seem to flood my whole brain, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, with all my heart. I forgive you. Not my words, obviously, the, the, the words of Corrie Ten Boom. Because Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those that mistreat you. As we start, let's pray. Father, we pray this evening, Lord, that your word would not be blunted. We pray, Lord, that we may see the love you have for us and the love you call us to show. We pray, Lord, we may be encouraged, refreshed, renewed this evening by your word. Amen. If you've been with us through Luke's Gospel over the last few weeks, you've seen how we've been journeying with Jesus, how he's just completely changed the culture of the day. In the previous section we heard last week about blessings and woes. And now he is still speaking to his followers, verse 27, but to you who are listening. Not just the 12, but all his followers. And he sums up what, Part of their life will look like just in three simple words love your enemies, uh, love those who are opposed to you, even hurt you, uh, do good to them, bless them, pray for them. Uh, Jesus, in effect, is saying that the person that you think you have the most right to dislike, perhaps even hate. That's someone you should love. That's someone you should do good toward. That person is someone you should bless. That person is someone you should pray for. And that's why I started with the story of Corrie Temboom. Perhaps a, a Nazi guard is the greatest enemy of one of the prisoners there. But Corrie knew she had to forgive, which was the first step. Actually, Jesus says something far more deep than that. He's not simply saying forgive, he's saying proactively do good. It it wouldn't simply say forgive the soldier, it would be to say, if the soldier is homeless, bring them into your own home. Jesus says, love your enemies. And then he unpacks uh, what that looks like in verses 29 and 30. Uh, He he says this, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. Uh, If somebody takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Uh, Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. So what's Jesus getting at here? I I mean, is he literally saying that if someone strikes you across the cheek, you're to kind of offer the other one as well? Uh, to put it into stark real terms, is he saying the spouse who's a victim of domestic abuse has a, a Christian duty to put up with it? Well, of course, Jesus isn't saying that here. Uh, of course, he isn't. And if you do find yourself in that situation, please, please reach out. Please ask. It is not Christian to simply stand there and take it and of course it it goes without saying it is not Christian to be a perpetrator of that. So why does Jesus use such extreme language? Well, because his point is an extreme one. Uh, Namely, Jesus saying, verse 30, everyone and anyone who insults you, who dismisses you, who belittles you who keeps asking without giving who who take of your time or your treasure to those people never stop doing good never stop blessing never stop praying as a teenager I I grew up watching the, the American TV series Uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it was Will Smith's big uh, hit. And it's a a bit of a comedy, you might have seen it. Uh, It it has comedic moments, but it also delves into deeper points as well. Uh, And one of those moments happens between Will Smith's character, who he cunningly entitled Will Smith, um, between him and his dad, who abandoned him when he was five years old. And he comes back into his life, and surprise, surprise, he's going to abandon him again and just after he leaves Will has this emotional exchange with his uncle Phil who he lives with and it goes a little something like this he, he, Will goes hey why should I be mad at least he said goodbye this time I just wish I hadn't wasted this money buying a stupid present for him Philip says well I'm sorry you know if there was something I no you know what you don't have to do nothing uncle Phil it's not like I'm five years old anymore. It's not like I'm sitting up every night asking Mummy when's daddy coming home? Uh, who needs him? He wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned. Uh, I got pretty good at it, in fact, didn't I, Uncle Phil? <laughs> yeah, you did. I got through my first date without him, right? I learned how to drive without him. I learned how to shave without him. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him and he's never even sent me a card I don't need him now and I don't need him then well n- no you know what Uncle Phil I'm going to get through college about him I'm going to get me a great job about him I'm going to marry me a beautiful wife I'm going to have a whole bunch of kids I'm going to be a better father than he ever was because there's nothing that he can teach me about how to love my kids it's an emotive scene of the son rejecting the father because he was rejected. He, he, he's cutting him out of his life. And we, we say, well, that's fair, isn't it? That's what he expects. He's abandoned him once and he's abandoning again. Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Jesus calling his followers to open themselves up to those that hurt them. Now that's fiction, isn't it? But we perhaps all know that feeling of, of being hurt and that feeling of wanting to push them away. They won't hurt me again. But Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them, bless them, pray for them. Now don't get me wrong this is not a reason to cover up uh, verbal abuse and its consequences. It's by no means that but it is a call to love people to do good to them, to bless them to pray for them two as verse 31 puts it to do to others as you would have them do to you in any and all situations. Now at this point, we could be a bit offended by what Jesus is asking us to do. Surely Jesus, those who have hurt me so deeply, how can I love them? But remember this first. God made you and, and me. He made us to, to know him, to love him, to, to love each other. But to push the illustration of the Fresh Prince a little bit further, it's not the Father, God, who's walked on us, it's us who has walked out on him. It's us wishing that, in fact, he didn't be, that the Father, God, hadn't walked out, but actually, in fact, that he was dead, so that I could live my life in peace exactly how I want to do it, without anything to do with him. It's us spitting and kicking on every good thing he has given us, It's us turning aside from promises that we made to ourselves and to others. It's to us who have spurned the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance that we've been given. But yet it is God. He still keeps coming. He comes and he comes and he comes. He came in the person of the Lord Jesus. He came at Christmas as a baby, born into our world. And when he walked and talked this world, all he did was show love and compassion. even to those that plan to kill him. Those that rejected him. Those that found a way to condemn him and hang him on a cross. But even then, even then he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And through this act, God loved the world to the end. Jesus set his love upon the world so that whoever believes in him may become a child like Jesus and will not die, but have eternal life. And God still moves towards his world today. To all those that hurt, to all those mistakes and all those in brokenness, he still keeps coming. He loved his enemies by giving up his life and he still loves us today. So when Jesus says... Love your enemies. What he's really saying is, love them like me. Copy me. There is no act of love that you and I can show that will be greater than the act of love we have been shown by Jesus. And so now Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Love those that hate you. Why? Because I do. And because you're a child. Because that's who you are. That's what Jesus is getting at in verses 32 to 36. He says, look, if you only love those that love you, or do good to those that good to you, or, or repay those that will repay you, then that's not an example of the life and love the Father gives. That's just doing what sinners would even do. He says, no, true love, real love does not find its, its origin in the recipient so that they're, they're lovable, but the source. At the 8th of August 2009 um, was a day that had uh, clear blue skies and uh, hot air balloons. It was a day that uh, I enjoyed an English breakfast in the first thing in the morning. And it was a day that uh, Morag and I got married in the south of Bristol. Uh, And in that service, uh, we said these words to each other. I, Benjamin, uh, take you, Morag, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death us do part, according to God's holy law and the presence of God, and make this vow. Words I'm sure many of us have heard many times before. Of course, do you notice how those vows are not in any way dependent on the other person? They don't say, I'll I'll look after you, dear, as long as you look after me. I'll be kind to you, dear, as long as you're kind to me. Now, thankfully, uh, Morag does all those things for me. But my vows, the vows we make on wedding day, are are not dependent on the recipient. It's about the source. And actually, I'm very, very glad that uh, Morag's vows are dependent on her, not on me. Um, But when Jesus loves the world, it's dependent upon him. Not the recipient. It's the source. It's Jesus. And so loving like Jesus, uh, being a child like Jesus, is showing love like him. Not dependent upon the recipient, but the source. And so that's what it means in verses 35 and 36. He says, look, our reward will be great. It will be inheriting a kingdom that can never perish, spoil or fade. Because if we love like Jesus, we're showing that we are a child like Jesus. Jesus. We're showing that we're having a father who is merciful and so we're simply walking in his footsteps. It's being who we are. That's always the call of the Bible. Be who you are. Live out your identity as a beloved child of God. But where does this land for us today? How does this passage land here in Hove on the 13th of December 2020? Well, I've already mentioned marriage, and and perhaps for many of us, that will be the area where we experience most conflict. And that's with someone that we love, and loves us back again. And simply, in those areas, we have to remember our vows and remember Jesus. But as I said before, actually, this is going much deeper. Uh, This is going uh, to those who perhaps are not lovable. Now, this illustration does not quite work this year. Uh, because of our, our free household Christmas bubbles. But but imagine there are no restrictions at Christmas. Who would you not invite to your Christmas Day table? Who would you wish was not there? Now, we heard an extreme story at the beginning, didn't we, of Cory Ten Boom. Now, I, I don't know all of your stories, but I'm sure... I'm sure there are some that are on the same level to her. I'm sure there'd be those who are showing examples of forgiveness and love like she did. Those who are very, very really loving their enemies. But I suspect for many of us, our enemies are closer to home. They, they could be in our own family. It may be those that we haven't spoken to for years. Those that just seem to know how to stick the dagger in when we do speak to them. What would it mean for you to love them this Christmas time? What might it mean for you to get in touch with them this Christmas time? To pray for them this Christmas time? Or maybe there's somebody who we wish we didn't see so much. We just seem to see them all the time. And they just know how to push our buttons. And then we think, well, look, if I toughen up, if I colden up, if I sort of push them away, it will hurt less because I'll care less about them. But we're called to love like Jesus, who didn't toughen up. He didn't call them up, but opened his arms up and said, "Come, come to me. What will it mean to love those people this Christmas time to offer the other cheek? Jesus says, "Love your enemies, do good to those, do good to them, bless them." pray for them just as we close in a moment we're going to take communion we're going to remind ourselves of the sacrifice that Jesus made To remind ourselves of his love for us we remember that that on the night our Lord was betrayed one of the first things he did was to wash the feet of his disciples to wash the feet of Judas Iscariot The man who very soon would be handing him over. And of course, Jesus probably had prayed for that man many times as well. Blessed him. And so Jesus turns to us tonight and says, Love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those that mistreat you. And this Christmas time, imagine what life might look like if we did that. For each of us, for those that we love, and the world that is watching. Let's pray. Love your enemies, do good to those that hate you, bless those that curse you, pray for those that mistreat you. Father, we thank you, first of all, that you showed that sort of love to us. That whilst we are still enemies, Christ died for us and made us children of the living God. Thank you that we have experienced that love first and foremost from you. And so we pray this evening that we would show that same sort of love to those around us, to a world around us. We pray, Lord, that you draw to mind people that we can love, do good to, bless and pray for. And we pray, Lord, that as we do that, we would both go deeper into the love that you have for us, to know your love more and to demonstrate that love to a world that so desperately needs it.
0: In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.